Hoopsstanding.net. Iowa Hoop standout Caitlin Clark has signed with XL Sports Management for NIL representation. Clark already has deals with Nike, State Farm, and others. Chiefs receiver Justin Ross was arrested yesterday in Shawnee, Kansas on a felony charge of criminal damage. A court date was scheduled for today. National League pennant winner will be crowned tonight as the Phillies host the Diamondbacks for a Game 7. Ranger Suarez and Brandon fought in the pitching matchup. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. Momentarily, he will join us. Preview game number seven tonight, Phillies. Hard to believe. First time they've ever played a game seven in their uh, franchise history, which is, um, you, you just would have thought, right? Uh, so we'll talk baseball with Matt Snyder, top or bottom of the hour, beg your pardon. We'll do two of the regional NFL teams. We'll start with the Chiefs, Nick Athens. Chiefs Broncos coming up this weekend. Uh, Nick will join us on that. And then Dave Sinekin on the Packers, Packers and the Vikings. Uh, by the way, we just had uh, a caller during the uh, break asking where Trent and I are going to be. We will be in Chicago uh, on Friday leading into the uh, the weekend of Iowa Northwestern. And we will be doing our show at Merkel's. The which, Hawkeye Bar in Wrigleyville. That's what I told him. So yep. I was right. It's also an NFL fell bar but it's not the bears it's a I think it's Titans, something is that like what that. It is? It's yeah. weird. I thought. It is, yeah. Or Cincinnati. That's what it, it is. It is Cincinnati. Yeah, it's You're a Bengal right. bar. So you see a lot of Hawkeye stuff on the walls and Cincinnati Bengal stuff, but it is the official Wrigleyville location for the game watch. They and if you want to get in, look, it's gonna be busy. And Friday night and Saturday before the game, it's gonna be really busy to get in there. They do have a wristband deal that basically gets you entry back and forth. So you can go to the Merkel's website for more information on that so you're not waiting in line because I will tell you. From what I have heard from the people in the Wrigleyville community, yeah. they anticipate it is going to be banged out. There's exactly. going to be a lot of people wow. looking for drinks, and you don't want to be waiting for drinks. The wristband is the way to go. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a really good idea. I wonder if that hotel, uh, that's got to be sold out. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, I guess. All right, let's get Matt Snyder in here, CBSSports.com. Game number seven, Matt Snyder. Uh, back-to-back game number sevens in this championship series, league championship series. AL was decided last night. The road team wins every game. <laughs> NL goes tonight. Matt, I guess I'll start with you just um, a thank you for coming on. We I love talking baseball with you. And I'm kind of just, the fact that the Phillies have never had a game seven in, the, in their franchise history just kind of struck <laughs> yeah, me as odd, didn't it, you? Yes. Yeah, it's like for a long time they were one of basically the worst franchise in baseball. They they were the first team that got to like 10,000 losses. And, you know, for the, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, all those decades, they were generally like the worst run ball club. So they didn't have all those years. But still, it's been a relatively well-run franchise once we got to the late 70s on. And uh, they've had some deep playoff runs, and they won the World Series in 2008. They were in the World Series in 2009. They got to the World Series last year. Uh, for them to never have had a Game 7 before is pretty remarkable. It is unthinkable, and here we are. Yesterday it felt like, at least going in to me, all right, Philadelphia with this crowd, the way that they played at home, nice story. Arizona got a couple of games. They won one game and maybe stole another, but here we are, yeah. and it's going to end in a Game 6. And now... The pressure of a Game 7, how different 
all managers treat their pitching staff at this point in time. I mean, the pressure is on, and the way this Arizona team can hit it, the way Marte is playing right now, they still have a couple of young studs that haven't been great in this series, but very well could heat up themselves. Scary spot, I would have to say, for Philadelphia this evening. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I don't think that the the players seem like remarkably, uh, you know, bulletproof when it comes to feeling pressure, but I imagine that a lot of the fans now, it will be loud, mm-hmm. but there's always a difference. The broadcasters like to mention there's a difference between like the raucous crowd energy and a nervous energy, mm-hmm. and I imagine tonight will be nervous energy. This is the first time that the Phillies have faced elimination mm. this postseason, and they didn't face it last year until Game 6 of the World Series, and that's when they lost. So uh, it'll be a little different there, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I could not have been more wrong about last night. I thought it was just going to be kind of a party. Me too. Mm-hmm. And they, they were going to, I thought they were going to jump all over Merrill Kelly early, and it was just going to be party central, vibe central. Um, and said the Diamondbacks struck first and the second. And Kelly, once he settled in the mm. third, fourth, fifth inning, his stuff was really, really good. Yeah, that's one of the uh, – revelation not the right word. I, Merrill Kelly's way better than I thought, and I thought he was good, yeah. but I think he's a really good pitcher. Uh, and there, this has no, been the best year of his career. It has to have been, and right? It and started it started the yes, Classic. In the, yeah. uh, uh, in the deciding game. Um, yeah, that, that, that was huge for him. So – uh, let's let's go to the um, well. Let's let's go to the American League. So many st- uh, stories coming out. We'll get back to the National League. But we'll pick your brain. Uh, we'll start with Dusty Baker. It sounds as though there's reports out there that uh, Dusty Baker's decided to um, that that's he's had enough. Uh, you can certainly understand he's uh, getting up there in age. What a remarkable f- career! Uh, are, is it your uh, assumption that Dusty Baker is after last night managed his last game in the in the bigs? Yes. Yeah, I, I I thought he was just holding out to win it all, though. And uh, after they won it all last year, I just assumed that he would ride off into the sunset. But he almost immediately last year said, no, 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 I'm not done. And, you know, people asked him about it this year, and he said, hey, he really likes the money. And getting paid a lot was, hey, who can blame him? Right. <laughs> but at some point, it might be time to enjoy said money and dial it back a little bit. And that's why I just thought he might walk away after he won it all. Uh, there's there's nothing left for him to accomplish. Right. He's taken so many teams on deep playoff runs. The one thing that was sitting out there was he had never won the big one. Well, he did last year, mm-hmm. won the World Series. So I, I don't I don't see why he would be clamoring to to come back unless it was just another one of those paycheck deals. But from the sounds of it, I think that's it. And uh, I tell you what, the pleasure has been all ours. Yeah, good. Well, well said. So let's uh, st- sticking with the Astros. Uh, another remarkable stat: uh, since 2016, either the Rangers or the Astros have been in the World Series, which is remarkable. Uh, Dodgers, uh, Dodgers, Astros in the World Series. Uh, never. Uh, I guess it's happened before. The two teams have dominated like that. The Yankees would be in the conversation with part of those teams. But so, where do you go with this Astros team? What but uh, if you're a fan of the Astros, I certainly don't think their window's closing. Alvarez is Alvarez wow. after all. Altuve's got lots left. Uh, I've always been a Bregman fan. I uh, didn't have the best series. But uh, what, what about the Astros? Far from over, fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely fair. Like, the, Al- Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, that's a championship core right there. Uh, you can build around that. You can you can spot fill with pieces. You can do stuff like sign a 36 year old Jose Abreu, or you can try to go out and make a trade. 
there are ways to shore up the roster, but your starting point is it's a championship roster. In terms of the pitching, um, Lance McCullers Jr. should be back next year. They'll have another year of growth from Hunter Brown, who was a rookie this year. Framber Valdez was very inconsistent after yeah. his no-hitter. Christian Javier was very inconsistent all year. But there's enough talent in that group to be one of the best rotations in baseball, even without uh, Justin Verlander in there. Um, but they have Justin Verlander for another year. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I think that they're going to be one of the best teams in the league again next year. It would not be surprising to see them back in the ALCS like they are every single year. Uh, so people pining for like, oh, finally we'll get an ACL, ACLS with ALCS. Wow, terrible to me. Uh, without them, uh, you're going to have to wait a few years in all likelihood because they're going to be just as good next year. It's crazy when you think of that lineup, what's still going to be there, that rotation, the sustainability, the staying power. And this is a banged up team. This is a team that had long stretches this year where they didn't look like the Astros. And here they are winning the division on the final weekend of the year, getting back to the ALCS. And the sustainability of this organization, it's one thing to have a good crop, but we see Carlos Correa moving on and we see Springer moved on. And yet year after year to do that. Says a lot. Yeah, the cheating scandal is still something that's always going to linger with a lot of people, but something to be said in today's baseball environment to be able to do what they've been able to do and maintain it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's also point out, for some reason, them not being able to win at home this year, that's a big deal. We're one of the best teams in baseball on the road, 39-42 and at home. That's the same record as the Pirates at home. It's the bottom 10 (laughs) home record in Major League Baseball. And that's why they're not going to the World Series, because they can't win at home. It's bizarre. Whatever was going on, that needs to get fixed before next year. But uh, in terms of talent, they've got enough. They do. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. All right, let's play Bruce Bochy. So Friday night, Game 1, World Series. Uh, Got to be Evaldi Montgomery in either order, right? They go 1-2. What do you do with Max Scherzer? That's my question for you, Matt Snyder. What do you do with Max Scherzer knowing that, yeah, there was a time this guy would, uh, you know, he'd start any game one. You want him 1-4-7 yeah. and seven if possible. That's not the case anymore. What do you do with Scherzer? I think they're going to try to piece it together in games three and four with some combination of Scherzer, Andrew Haney, and Dane Dunning maybe even some Martin Perez, maybe some John Gray, and just say, look, we've got four starting pitching types. Maybe we can get one time through the order with all four of these guys, and then it's essentially like a starter with a lot of bullpen usage. Um, maybe somebody in that mix has good enough stuff to go two times through the order, in which case we don't have to burn out a bunch of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be my assumption is they're going to group Scherzer in with those guys where they don't really trust them to go – five or six innings. They just know that Montgomery and Evaldi are going to be the guys who do that, and the other guys are just going to have to piece it together. It's a lineup, too, top to bottom. Feels like everybody's swinging it pretty well for the Rangers. They're in good yeah. shape. And Garcia, I mean, what a performance. Ugh. A guy that is <laughs> a little bit different. He's like your old Dave Kingman, right? Your Rob Deere. It's either going to be a strikeout or there's going to be some pop behind it, but what a performance. It was really fun. It, what was funny is, you know, he hit the home run in Game 5. It looked like it was going to be kind of the, the series, you know, the big home run of the series. And then he got hit, and then we had the ejections, and Altuve mm-hmm. hit the home run, and now it looks like the Astros are going to win. Yep. <laughs> he struck out four times, four times in Minute Maid Park. He was getting booed out of the ballpark, Jesus. you know, public enemy number one. And then he came up in his last at bat, and he swung wildly, and you're like, oh, man, he's going to strike out again. But then he hit the grand slam. 
And again, on the, the first at bat he, yesterday, he swung wildly. It's like, man, he needs to stay within himself. Nope. Then he hits one off the wall and he posed like it was over the train. <laughs> uh, but he stole second to make up for it. <laughs> and then later with the home run, like, man, it, it's, this is his time to shine in the spotlight. As we move forward to the World Series, there will be plenty of focus on the pitchers we just talked about. There will be and should be plenty of focus on guys like Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. But he is only two RBIs away from the most ever in a single postseason. So uh, there should be plenty of focus on him, and he deserve, deserves it. If you could, uh, if it was up to you to name the broadcast crew for the World Series, who would you? Who would we be listening to? Uh, I think I'd keep these TBS guys around. Uh, No offense at all to the Fox broadcast team. I think it's good. Um, One thing I find about baseball fans is you watch your favorite team, and you watch your favorite team with the announcers all year long. Then you go to a national broadcast. Almost everybody thinks they're all terrible because they're not. They're used to their regional people. Uh, I I actually really think the TBS booth is really good. I do too. It's a good mix with Frank Coor and Darling in there. Yep. Uh, Brian BAM Anderson. Play-by-play is very good. Yeah, yeah I, I like the TBS crew. I'm with you. That's why I asked it. I th- they're they're terrific. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And well, Ken knows my affinity for Brian Anderson. That's that's always my stuff. I, I think is, you put you put me wise to him like years ago. Yeah, he's just yeah. If the Twins aren't playing and I don't have anything that I must watch, right. The Brewers, Brewers are just yeah. just where Brewers. I always find yeah. myself because I like Anderson as a play-by-player. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Darling's always been excellent. And Frank Core, I wasn't sure initially. Yeah, he's good. Isn't he's he? good. Yeah, and you get really the pitcher good. and yeah. the batter together. Three man, three man boosts are different. Get the pitcher and batter and an outfield perspective. Yep. Like it's really good. They've got a lot of. Is we are they is Wainwright being groomed to take John Smoltz's spot at some mm. point? Hearing a lot of negative Smoltz stuff. <laughs> would, Maybe would that surprise uh, you? No, no, it wouldn't. Eventually, I, I kind of think Smoltz is firm for for a while. Okay, but it, it, I could totally see if they got to a point where they wanted to move on, that it would be Wainwright. I, he's great. Um, and it, it hasn't even taken him any time either. He's only done a few games, mm-hmm. and he's already really good. So, yeah, I think Wainwright's great. Well, we know, Matt Snyder, you've been hot in these baseball playoffs, betting-wise, over at Sportsline, part of CBS Sports. <laughs> well, what do you got? Have you got something delivered here for us tonight for Game 7? Uh, I was way less sure. The, the one... The Phillies-Diamondbacks game, as I mentioned earlier, was like the worst game I've done in the entire playoffs. So I was like all weary and nervous about this one. I ended up going with a Bryce Harper walk. Uh, I feel like just the way they pitched him in the first inning, I feel like they don't want to get burned by Harper, especially because I'm expecting Rob Thompson to have keep the lineup the same with Bohm and stop behind our Harper. Mm-hmm. And neither one has been doing anything at all. So I just don't think Bryce is going to get pitched to. So I've got him with a walk. I took the Phillies team total over four and a half. Again, just like I did last night, which I lost. But I just don't feel like their bats are going to totally be held down at home two games in a row. And they just saw Brandon fought uh, less than a week ago. He threw really, really well. He dominated them, but never seen him before. Now they've seen him. It's less than a week, and they're much more comfortable hitting at home than on the road. I like the second look there. Do do one of these managers have an edge in this game? Uh, I don't think so. I don't either. I I think they've both been pretty good for the most part on their pitching decisions. I mean, I, Thompson with, with Kimbrell, I, I thought he stayed with him way too long in game four. I thought that was evidence to everybody. But generally speaking, each of the last two postseasons, he's been really good. And I think Lavello usually is one of the best managers in baseball. 
and even stuff where he questioned it, like pulling Kelly last night where Kelly looked mad after the fifth yes, inning. The broadcast was questioning it. Yeah. I was questioning it. But it worked out. He had his four good relievers lined up, and it worked out. So I, I think it's pretty well even. Um, help me out here. So that we know it starts on Friday night. Where does it start? Texas. It's so te- it's it's already locked in Texas. It will be the uh, yes. Gotcha. They have the they have the tiebreaker over the Phillies. Did they? Uh, okay. Based on the first. Oh, that's right. We talked season. about it last yes. week. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Games one, so two, and three of one sixty two. Wild. The middle is the question. My hunch is it's Philadelphia, but at this point, after last night, I would not be surprised if it was Arizona. I thought. The Phillies, you could have argued that they should have won all five of the first five games. Yeah, uh, Maybe four out of the five if you wanted to say that the Diamondbacks deserved game three. Mm-hmm. But last night, the Diamondbacks dominated them from start to finish in every facet of the game. And if that happens again, it's going to be the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Jeez. Unbelievable. Good stuff, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. So Tuesday... That'll be um, you'll be in the National League City, will you not? Right? Yeah, when we... either yeah, either Phoenix or Philadelphia. Good stuff. Travel safe. We'll talk to you from the uh, World Series when we talk next week. Uh, Thank you, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Right. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. So a walk for Harper. He's been really good with his bets, mm-hmm. like really good. I jumped aboard. I found a minus one twenty. Did you? Yep. So I jumped aboard on that one. I'm looking at the outs props right now, doing a little big digging. Uh, the I think the market's starting to catch up, though. Is it? Outs recorded for Ranger Suarez. Take a guess. Outs the rec- over-under. Uh, and they put a half on it, so it's not like two-thirds, one-third, anything um, like that. Um, Twelve and a half. Ten and a half. Is it that low? Uh, how about for fat? Fat. About the same. Eleven and a half. Okay. Just a tick high. Market's catching up. Mm-hmm. We made our money. Mm-hmm. Now is it time? Now you see the market catching up. Do you stay away? I no, think you know, I know. You, you know don't. me too. Well. You're not. <laughs> yeah, you found something you're sticking with. That's right. All right, let's see if we can find you $1,000. How about that? Time to claim some NIL money. Head to KXNO.com right now. The keyword this hour is cash. It's cash at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 cash at KXNO.com. Murph and Andy have a couple of opportunities. Likewise with The Drive with Heather and Sean Miller and Condon. We're going to do a little regional NFL when we come back. The Chiefs and the Packers in this segment. Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsor those. Uh, It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106. Good. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. Um. Joined again by Dr. Ethan Heisman, Elite Eye Care, with locations in Waukee, two in Ankeny, and Norwalk. Dr. Heisman, getting older, I wear contacts. What do you have so I don't have to deal with cheaters? Multifocal or bifocal contact lenses. These lenses are very well designed and very comfortable so that when you wear them, you can still enjoy nice, crisp, clear vision far away, but then you can also still see up close without having to throw on reading glasses. Waukee, Ankeny, and Norwalk, Moines. 
Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's take a look at a couple of our regional NFL teams. We will speak with uh, Dave Sinekin coming up here. Dave Sinekin from ZoneCoverage.com. Of course, our buddy Nick Athen about to take the stage here. ChiefsBlitz.com uh, for Nick. Nick Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Good to speak with you. So let's go back to last week before we take a look uh, going forward. Um all right. The 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 Chargers. I mean, there was a game for a while, but this defense for Kansas City something that um, we've seen them have good defenses in the last couple of years. Better defense, I'll put it that way. Uh, they yeah. were they were an offensive juggernaut. We know that, but they they had some pieces on defense. Now this defense is maybe not caught up to the offense, but it certainly closed the gap. They're going to be tough again. I hate to admit it, but they are. Um, <laughs> And they just they just dominated the Chargers, and once again, just um, you know, stressed how how tough it's going to be for someone in the AFC West to claim that division as long as Mahomes is under center or in the shotgun in his case. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The defense is the surprise. I mean, I, I, it's been a while since. I mean, the Chiefs had spurts in Super Bowl, you know, fifty four. They were really good down the stretch and in the postseason. And when they won the Super Bowl again last year, they had. They had spurts toward the end of the year, and certainly in the postseason, where they played really well defensively. Even though the Super Bowl was a, you know, was a was a back and forth volleyball to score points, but what they've done this year is really quite remarkable. And you consider they're the youngest defense in the NFL. Um, they've got one superstar. I would put Chris Jones. They've got some guys who, you know, are, are, are climbing the charts a little bit. But I wouldn't say you know anybody is 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 so much better than anybody else in the NFL. They are just collectively a defensive machine, and they don't care who gets the credit. They don't care who makes the play. As long as somebody makes the play, they work well with each other. And Steve Spagnola, for a guy that was almost retired last year, and now there's talk he may get a, you know, maybe may, may a candidate for head coaching position, and I think deservedly so. This defense may not be on par with the Chiefs' offense, but this defense carried him. Um, you know, for the first seven games of the season until the offense kind of figured things out. And that's something I, I thought I would never say uh, about a Chiefs defense unless you're talking about the 69 or 70 Chiefs. So we finally see the return, uh, well, two games ago of Nick Bolton, now a dislocated Jeez. wrist. Yeah. It just sounds gross more than anything. What, two months? Is that kind of the talk there? It It sucks in the real time, but if you get him back for January and you know he's going to have mm-hmm. some fresh legs... Maybe this isn't an awful thing. No, I don't think it's awful. I mean, they're talking six weeks, and there's okay. a bye week in there. So, you know, it could be five. It could be he could miss five games and, and get some playing time in December and, again, be ready for the postseason. I mean, thank goodness, you know, they signed Drew Tranquil as an afterthought yeah. uh, after they were trying to go after another player, and the agent said, hey, we got Drew available. Are you interested in him? Well, if the money's right, well, apparently it was. And, listen, he did a terrific job covering for Nick Bolton. You know, we had his previous injury. And you look at the impact he had just in the in the last quarter of the game against the Chargers, you know, big pass breakup and, you know, stacking his old uh, roster mate, Justin Herbert, to kind of put a put an end to the game. So, listen, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I think True Tranquil is one of their better defenders anyway. They want to get him more reps. You know, he ran the show earlier. So, I, I don't think you're going to see a huge drop-off in the Chiefs' defense. I actually think, you know, side-to-side, he can do a few more things, especially in pass coverage, that Nick Bolton can't do. Um, and I think that just helps the defense overall. Uh, you know what else does Charles Amenehu? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the guy, 
is it's remarkable. I mean, you know, he he was very accountable for what happened. He was very engaged with the fan base. You know, after three weeks, he could he could talk to the team and they could kind of work on some stuff. He worked out in I think in Houston with his trainer the entire time. He vowed to to, to come back strong. And I mean, you put him against Mike Dana. Uh, you put him in Derek Nani and Chris Jones, George Karloftis. You know, all of a sudden you've got a you got a pretty formidable defensive line that you can rotate in and out. And Amenehu just came in and just 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 played great. I mean, a sack and the, and the tip pass. And the Chiefs have been terrific in, in getting their hands up against opposing quarterbacks. Something I I don't know why other teams in the NFL don't do it, but the Chiefs have been really strong at it. And Amenehu is one of those guys, even in San Francisco, that did that a lot. So, I mean, having him to come in in game seven with fresh legs and a fresh attitude and be that impactful, um, that's only going to make this defense even better than it is now. Another touchdown for Rasheed Rice, his third of the season, second in the last three weeks. Now, I don't believe Rasheed Rice is going to turn into Justin Jefferson or anything like that. But <laughs> no. but how big is the upside here? I mean, can we talk about you know top 20 wide receivers, something like that? Is that is that a real possibility with Rice? I think it's possible. I mean, I, you know, I kind of put him in a, as a as a dark horse Larry Fitzgerald type of player, just because they kind of have Whoa. a similar build. Now, Larry had some, you know, a little bit better speed, but the way Rasheed Rice works in space, and he did this in college. You know, he he caught everything his way. He made adjustments on the fly. He ran great routes. He had terrific hands. He was also a guy that uh, created more pass interference penalties by the positioning of of, of himself between the quarterback and the ball. And I just think he's got terrific upside. I, I I love the progression. I love the trust. And the Chiefs have found their, their new Juju Schmidt-Schuster for this style of offense that they currently run. And as and as his role expands and they can develop maybe another wide receiver opposite him to go along with uh, Travis Kelsey, that's going to really, really open things up for the Chiefs. And I, and I think that, that his development has been not surprising. It started pretty rough. But Patrick Mahomes clearly trusts him. And that, that route he ran in the back of the end zone, I mean, I've watched it from the overhead. I've watched it three or four times in three or four different angles. He had a very limited space to get where he got, and Mahomes saw him, and it was a brilliant catch and a brilliant footwork. Uh, Chiefsblitz.com for Nick Athen, Chiefsblitz.com. Gee, uh, what have you got coming up this week at Chiefs Blitz, Nick? Well, we got an interview coming out later today with the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye. He, uh, it's got a new book coming out, so we uh, – uh, met with him over the weekend, he and the author, and uh, did an interview, so we'll have that up later today. Uh, more content on the Chiefs, and, of course, our regular podcast airs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon. Good stuff. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it, Nick. Talk to you next week. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Yep, good to talk Bye. to you. Nick Athen on the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, doesn't sound like we'll get Dave Sinekin on the Packers. Uh, we shall see. Want to take a break before we do that? Let's go to break. We'll come back and uh, Dave Sinekin will join us. We'll head for, uh, from uh, Sinekin right into Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. Sinekin, when we come back, it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.2, right? You're, you're not, we didn't get that game in our market for what, uh, but yet they want to show us the end. What was it we were watching? Was it Saints? Uh, Colts. Browns, the Colts, game that would Browns. not end. Yes, yeah. that was it. Uh, anyways, um, Jordan Love, kind of. Mm, where, where, where's the Where's the Packer fan base on their quarterback after what six games? Well, you know how fan bases are. I'm, I'm what have you done for me lately? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've seen enough. And if uh, I think a lot of them are saying, if uh, Jordan Love can't beat Ken Miller's favorite team, uh, right. what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, 
No, I mean, I, yeah, you know how fast you, you want to see growth, you want to see progress, and I think that frustrates all fans when you know that that Saints comeback is just a distant memory. Uh, it's the same old, same old for this offense. I don't put a lot of the blame squarely at number ten just yet. He's you know he's a first year starting quarterback. I know he's been around for a while, but you know it's funny. I've seen some analytics. His quarterback stats this year are pretty much in line with what Aaron Rodgers were a year ago. Uh, and a lot of fans probably wouldn't think that's the mm-hmm. case because it's just been really ugly, especially in first halves. And I think that's what's most frustrating to me is just the the, the way this team just comes out firing blanks uh, week after week. Uh, I think that the offensive line has been a supreme disappointment. Uh, I think the young pass catchers are on as steep a learning curve as you could possibly be, as they're all being counted on to be uh, weapons for Jordan Love. And, and obviously Aaron Jones is still not played like Aaron Jones since week one and hasn't been healthy enough to get a full complement of snaps and be a part of the offense. So I think a lot plays into it, but I think a fan base is a fan base, and uh, they're looking at, all right, if, if the Saints had made that last-second field goal, Green Bay had the second pick right now, and we Jeez. could look at one of those quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, it's a long season, and I'll reserve judgment uh, until I see a whole lot more. Love, certainly a disappointment over the last three weeks. Another disappointment has been Christian Watson and gets banged up again on the final drive of the game after finally looking like maybe he was going to get healthy here. It's not a sunk cost. You still got a ton of upside, it feels, with him. But outside of the injuries, why hasn't it exactly clicked with Watson? Yeah, I think it's too early to call it a sunk cost. I think he's a young player that, let's remember, he did play at NDSU and not that I'm going to disparage smaller universities, but this is not Julio Jones coming out of you know <laughs> yeah, right, Alabama. Alabama. So, yeah. but yes, it's. I think a lot of fans are looking at and kind of thinking of the old Will Fuller comparison. You know, a guy with a lot of speed and a lot of talent, uh, but just couldn't stay on the football field. Mm-hmm. It's his second season. Uh, it sounds like he's dodged major injury. I think he's going to be okay to play on Sunday. We'll get more clarity tomorrow and as the week goes on. But early reports are he did escape a serious injury. But yeah, it's. It's definitely frustrating, especially when you've got a team that we knew in 2023 was going to be all about getting Jordan Love enough help around him and enough support and quality play to gauge whether he has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. And when you counted on Christian Watson to be your number one guy, uh, the speed guy that can disrupt a defense and make you account for how you deal with that speed, and he hasn't been able to be that for the most part, yeah, it's very frustrating. But for me, far too early to call it a sunk cost. It's just concerning that he seems to have a hard time getting up at least once every game. A big spot this weekend for both teams. Uh, The Packers uh, treading water two and four. Vikings think that they're kind of back in it a little bit now that they're the team that has a chance to reel in the Lions. Uh, Vikings good win on Monday night football but a short week. The game is at Lambeau. This one uh, got a chance to be a pretty good football game, Dave. Yeah, you know, I was at the game last night. It was my first Viking game at U.S. Tank Stadium. A buddy of mine's wife wasn't feeling well, so I got to, to take it all in, and it was electric. Uh, I, in fact, PA texted me after the game, said it was the loudest it had been wow. all season. It, it was it was crazy, and they knew their season was on the line. They knew it two and five, despite the, the schedule kind of opening up over the next six weeks. Two and five is hard to come back with from when you've got to go to Cincinnati, play the Lions twice. So. They stood tall. I was very impressed with the offensive line protecting Kirk last night, uh, Brian Flores making things uncomfortable for Purdy. Uh, but I do think it sets up pretty well for a Packer team now that is going to be in desperation mode, getting the Vikes off an emotional win on a short week. Uh, I think they came out of it pretty healthy, but 
Uh, it's a young offense around Kirk Cousins that we'll see if they're ready to play. I know it's a big rivalry game, and, and Green Bay has looked ugly. I think it's a pick em. The last I saw, it's a very close spread. Um, but I think it might be a good spot for Green Bay to kind of be in the same spot Minnesota was in last night. Minnesota has higher expectations for the season than Green Bay does. But uh, for an organization that, that's not used to be looking at the 24 draft order in October, um, <laughs> I think I think they get the Vikings at a time where, you know, if you can't come out strong against this Vikings team and, and make a statement on Sunday, then then I think we are really in let's look at 24 mode just evaluate players the rest of the year. Truth be known, I was rooting for your Packers that weekend for that very reason. <laughs> I had visions of Caleb Williams dancing in my head. Uh, we will. Uh, it is. It's a pick em everywhere. DraftKings is the only one. DraftKings now is the uh, Vikings favored by a point, but essentially a pick em everywhere. Dave, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for popping on, giving us a few minutes. ZoneCoverage.com for your Packer previews and, of course, KFAN on, uh, on Saturday and on Sunday morning for the Packer preview. What time are you on the air this week? Uh, Packer preview, 7 a.m. Unless uh, the Gophers aren't playing, uh, uh, season's over for them. I'll move to 8 o'clock later. But 7 o'clock for now or whenever you want to listen on the iHeart app. Absolutely, Dave. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You got it, guys. See ya. Yep, appreciate it. Dave Senekin, ZoneCoverage.com. Trent's plays of the day next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.1800. Bets off. The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership. At 1350th Street, just off 235 in West Every single month. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call one Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kemker's True Value. Miller Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Game 7, NLCS, Phillies, Diamondbacks, Fat Suarez. I love the matchup. These two, they put on a hell of a show. In Both game these guys three. have been excellent. They have. Uh, do you have a lean? I don't have a play in the game. I couldn't get there. Now, if the price comes down on the Phillies, that's where I'll end where up. Where is it now? Uh, currently, let's see here, MLB. Let me bring it up for it. Minus 169 is the best price out there. Circa has a minus 160. That was my break-even. Not yet. If we get under that 160 mark, though, it'll be a Phillies play. That was what I told myself coming into that one. So if that pops, uh, that'll put the alert on my phone, and we will (laughs) make a jump on there on Circa. I'm going Brandon Fott under, though, his prop. That's what we're going to do in this one. Decided it just... We see it so often. 
it's been something that I've been riding for a long time. 11 and a half outs. So if he gets through four, I got an L. That's the way that it basically goes on that one. Uh, let's see what else we got tonight. We got Western Kentucky. They're getting five and a half at home against undefeated Liberty. That do anything for you? No. It's football. I know. As I'm watching game seven. Game seven. How about this? The defending champion Denver Nuggets hosting the Lakers. I'll be watching Game 7. Okay. And that's the early game, too, isn't it? It is, yes. The late game is Suns. Well, the Suns are playing late. Oh, that makes sense. So we'll get that one. Uh, Well, NHL, everybody plays. Does that do anything for you? Now, the Jets would be playing tonight, Trent. Yes. Uh, I'm watching Game 7. Okay, so it's Game 7. Yes, I'll be watching Game (laughs) 7. I got the Lakers also. Lakers, Hilltoppers, Fought under 11 and a half outs, and the Phillies minus 160. All right, music's playing time for us to get out of here and make way for Murph and Andy. They start at the top of the hour. The drive with Heather and Sean, 3 to 6. Morning Rush is with us every single day. They kick off local programming at 6. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays, 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.